seven, eight years ago, around 2014-15, I said, let me set up a fund to invest in women entrepreneurs. And that's when I set up Saha Fund, which at that time was the first fund in the region and definitely one of the first globally as well to invest in early stage, women-led, women-focused tech companies. Hi, everyone. On today's episode of Rise of the Next, I'm joined by Ankita Vashista, who's the founder and CEO of Stronger Ventures. Ankita is on a mission to empower female founders. She manages two funds that invest in women-led or women-focused companies where the supply chain, employment, or consumers are women. Her investments are primarily in the U.S. and India. Ankita is also a graduate of 500 Global's venture education program, VC Unlocked. On today's episode, Ankita takes us through her journey into venture capital. I do hope you enjoy the show. Ankita, welcome to Rise of the Next. It's so wonderful to have you on, and I'd love to start by asking you to tell us a bit about yourself. You seem like you're on a mission to empower women founders. Yes, I am. And uh, thank you so much, Shree, for having me here today. Super excited to be able to share my story, talk about my journey and about the impact we're creating at Stronger Ventures. So very quickly, I'm an engineer who turned financial investor. I've been in the private equity venture tech innovation space for the past 15 years, having lived and worked across US, UK, India, Singapore, spent my initial career in private equity in London, focused on the emerging markets, worked with $2 billion fund. Loved it. After a few years, the engineer in me and the tech geek came out and I said, let me work with early stage venture funds, working on new frontier tech, especially in the emerging markets and cross border between India and US and Singapore. When I moved the region, made a bunch of investments. I set up a venture lab as well called Wavemaker Labs and also co-invested in a bunch of startups at that time, which today, two of them are unicorns as well. So starting my journey, investing in both B2B B2C startups in Singapore, Philippines, India, Singapore, and US. And just being part of the ecosystem as someone who is a finance professional, then to being an angel investor and micro fund myself, that's when I realized that there weren't enough women entrepreneurs in the ecosystem. And it just so happened that from our venture lab at Wavemaker, one of our notable investments is a company called Luxola. They went on to get acquired by Sephora and Lexus is an amazing woman founder who went on to head Sephora Southeast Asia. And that's when the whole thing came came to me and I said, why don't we have more role models, more successful women entrepreneurs leading startups and building scalable businesses? And I looked around myself and I said, there aren't enough women entrepreneurs and there aren't enough women investors as well on the decision-making side, leading these investments. So let's change this. Let's address this gap. Let's make a difference. And so almost seven, eight years ago, around 2014-15, I said, let me set up a fund to invest in women entrepreneurs. And that's when I set up Saha Fund, which at that time was the first fund in the region and definitely one of the first globally as well to invest in early stage, women-led, women-focused tech companies. So I set up a $10 million fund investing in US and India. And the idea was that through our capital and platform, we're able to empower more women as entrepreneurs, employees, and as powerful consumers. So that did really well. Fast forward now, we're on to Fund 2. Fund 2 is called Stronger Ventures, and it's a much bigger corpus. It's a more global reach. We're now a $100 million fund focused on US and India, but also certain global locations across UK, Europe, Mina, etc., and Southeast Asia. But again, the thesis is investing in women-led, women-focused businesses, but also in 
investing in sectors that we believe empower and engage more women to get back into the workforce and to be independent, successful consumers and creators. So we're investing across fintech, future of work, health, consumer, and Web 3.0 because we believe it's really powerful if women have access to healthcare solutions, tools, financial tools. The future of work is something which we're talking about now, but we've been talking about it for years that where women should have access to work and upskill their careers from anywhere. And of course, women have always been amazing consumers and with the emergence of Web 3.0, it's a whole new ecosystem that can be built by women. So I've been very passionate about funding female founders, but in this whole journey of being part of the women entrepreneurship ecosystem, I realized that there are so many roles that women can play. So we're also launched an accelerator program for female founders which does exactly that, where we're able to bring more women involved in the ecosystem as mentors, advisors, investors, board members, along with entrepreneurs to complete the entire ecosystem. Ankita, you mentioned that you actually started off your career as an engineer. How did you become a venture capitalist and why do you choose this path? I was very fascinated by the intersection of math, science and economics always. And so I, you know, I did do my engineering and then went on to work in the software side a year. But then the economist or the finance person in me came out and I realized I love learning and I love being able to work with businesses or work on ideas and see how they can be scaled. So I like the business application side of engineering and the fact that through financial metrics, we could invest and we could scale businesses. And I think that's what really intrigued me about the whole venture and investing space. And can you tell us about your connection to 500 Global? You're an alumni of 500 Global's venture education program, VC Unlocked. Yeah, it was an amazing program. Something that I think just being invested in US and India, but also having a very global upbringing and network, I realized that it would be really amazing if I could, you know, really expand that network, but also learn from peers around the world because I was majorly between US and India in terms of my investment, but there's so much more happening out there. And also, to be very honest, when I launched my first fund, now, of course, everyone's talking about diversity, but seven, eight years ago, it was a very, very new topic. So I didn't have many peers in my ecosystem in that sense to talk Mm. to or share ideas with or or collaborate or co-invest with in that sense. Of course, the ecosystem is very big and connected in the VC space, but especially the diversity space, there are very few. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to also meet similar peers globally around the world and learn from them. And it turned out to be an amazing program because I also thought that, oh, you know, I've set up a fund already. I've made so many investments as an angel investor and a fund manager with this program applied to me, but actually it did. And it it was a group of amazing corporate venture partners, partners who had first, second, third time funds. So a lot of experienced people, a lot of global uh, experience, a lot of networking, and it really added a lot of value. I love the structure and format. So it just so happened that it also, I think it was the first time the program went virtual. Even though it was virtual, we didn't feel like didn't get access to something that we would have got if we were in person. It was a great mix of knowledge sessions, reading materials, but also assignments and peer group breakout rooms, etc. So it felt very real in that sense. What stages do you invest in? So we come in pre-seed to early stage. So majority of our first tickets are in pre-seed and seed. Very selectively, we also do certain Series A investments. And then, of course, we follow on our funding till the company you know, has raised a few rounds of funding or exited to a strategic, to a third party. We kind of follow on. Like I said, we were, of course, a fund. But as of this year, we also launched an accelerator program for female founders where we pick up 10 startups 
startups uh, that we invest in, but we also accelerate a few other startups that we think are promising or are ready to scale. And we bring them through a cohort, a 12-week program. And this is all for our pre-seed startup. So they go through like an accelerator process. And how many investments have you made? A lot. As an angel investor and then having now, this is my second woman fund, but my third fund. So we've made more than 100 investments. And you know, I think I can very proudly say that almost half of them are women-led. And of course, ever since I launched the funds, they're all women-led and women-focused. That's my main focus and what I invest in. Is that 100 across the spectrum of your career as an investor? So from when you were an angel in addition to the funds? Yes. And you mentioned that half of them are female-led. Can you talk to me about the other half? Yes. I mean, we've always invested in technology-focused and led startups, both on the B2B and B2C side. For example, in my first initial fund that I launched in Singapore, we made investments in two companies that became Unicorn last year. One is a company called Unicor, which is uh, led by two male founders in the conversational AI space. They just raised a huge round, so now they're about the two and a half billion. We also invested in a company in India called Vicious, which became India's first D2C brand to become a unicorn. That is also male-led in that sense. But of course, because it's D2C brand focused on packaging meats and marriage, etc. A lot of the consumers and users are women because there's enough data out there and also the fact women do make family and consumer choices. So they're, they're mostly the ones shopping on all these apps and grocery apps, etc. But yeah, so I mean, I think our focus, whether, I mean, you're keeping the gender aside, have always been technology-focused startups, especially in the space of B2B SaaS, mobile, cloud, AI, etc. And then of course, now we've brought in the whole focus of investing in women-led, women-focused startups and across these sectors. But again, technology has always been a focus. You mentioned earlier that you invest in fintech sector, healthcare, as well as future of work. I'm curious, Ankita, are there any trends or rather what are some of the trends within these sectors that you invest in that excite you the most? There's so many, but I think what's really exciting from the perspective of women, especially in the female economy, I think what I love about fintech is financial literacy for women. We've invested in a few companies across payments and community, but I love the intersection of that. I, and, you know, tools and there's so many of these cards that have come up with peer-to-peer -to -peer lending, SME financing. And so I think the access to capital and microfinance for women, the access to platforms that educate women on financial literacy and then also give them tools to apply that and also be able to create their own assets and savings really excite me from that perspective. In healthcare, of course, I think there's a lot of cutting edge leading AI-led companies in the healthcare space that women are creating and forming, but also on the women-focused side, there hasn't been much that has been done and femtech is a very new term. But given the fact that we are half of the population, it's astonishing to see the fact that there wasn't so much focus given on women's health and stuff around, you know, menstrual hygiene or postnatal issues and mental health wellness. And now you're seeing so much about that. But yeah, I'm very passionate about addressing those parts of it. And I think on the consumer side, I think what's interesting is the fact that given women are such powerful consumers, having women lead the innovation of products and services led by women for women, led by women for everyone, I think it, it leads to us creating a very inclusive product and service from a very different perspective. So I think that's very exciting as well. Ankita, you invest in female founders outside of India. How come? So we've always had a very global outlook on our investments. And because I have worked and 
lived across these regions, right? And we have teams based in, in both places. So we have a great network of venture partners, mentors, scouts across the region. We've had a lot of strategic investors coming from both these regions. And this so happened that when I launched my first fund, I was based in India. We also got funding from the government of India and real need for this. To be very honest, diversity is a real need globally. And that's when, that's when I realized that, you know, I've, I've proven this model out in, you know, one region. And now it's time to take this concept global because I think impacting and investing in entrepreneurship and especially women entrepreneurship and diversity is a global opportunity. So why not take our platform global? And when you say both regions, that would be India and where else? U.S. And Ankita, it's been reported that you plan to launch a billion dollar fund. Can you tell us a bit about those plans? The idea is that we've launched Fund 2 now, but in the next five years or so, we're able to take our AUM up to a billion and really be the global go-to fund for diversity. Ankita, thank you for your time. It was so wonderful to meet you. It's really inspirational that you believe in empowering women all over the world. Thank you so much. I guess I'm just really grateful for the fact that I've been able to really make an impact, have had the great support from the ecosystem to take my idea forward and the overwhelming need and positivity and the response from the ecosystem, and especially female founders for what I'm doing has just been really heartwarming in that sense. And I think it really just keeps motivating me to take this forward and go bigger and better. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you subscribe on wherever you're listening to this so you can get notified as soon as new episodes are released. You can listen to this episode on all major podcast streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, as well as our website, The Global VC, which you can access at 500.co. Until then, you can also stay up to date with 500 Global by following us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all with the handle at 500 global. That's all for me today. I'll catch you all on a future episode of Rise of the Next by 500 Global. This podcast is intended solely for general informational or educational purposes only. Under no circumstances should any content provided as part of or any such programs, services, or events be construed as investment, legal, tax, or accounting advice by 500 Startups Management Company, LLC, or any of its affiliates, 500 Global. Pfeiffer Global makes no representation as to the accuracy or information in this podcast. And while reasonable steps have been taken to ensure that the information herein is accurate and up-to-date, no liability can be accepted for any such error or omissions, and 500 Global accepts no responsibility for any loss which may arise from reliance on the information in this podcast. Under no circumstances should any information or content in this podcast be considered as an offer to sell or solicitation of interest to purchase any securities advised by 500 Global or any of its affiliates or representatives. Further, no content or information in this podcast is intended as an offer to provide any investment advisory service with regard to securities by 500 Global. Under no circumstances should anything herein be construed as fund marketing materials by prospective investors considering an investment into any 500 Global investment fund. Under no circumstances should any statistics, quotations, or other content be interpreted as testimonials or endorsement of the investment performance of any 500 Global Fund by a prospective investor considering an investment into any 500 Global Fund. 
This podcast may contain forward-looking statements which involve risks and uncertainties, and actual results may differ materially from any expectations, projections, or predictions made or implied in such forward-looking statements. This podcast includes content delivered by an independent third party that is not related to or controlled by 500 Global. All views and opinions represented in the podcast by such third party are their own views and opinions and do not represent those of 500 Global. 500 Global makes no representations as to or guarantees of specific outcomes from attending or relying on the contents of the podcast.